The Tigers' injury woes continue, and they drop the series finale to the Tampa Bay Rays all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Tigers podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, May 19th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay, Detroit Tigers drop the series finale to the Tampa Bay Rays 6-1. to one. Really uh, an ugly game, as was the second game. Now. In yesterday's show, I said, right, I I said, game two, this ugly game two does not really matter, and I'm not going to freak out about it if you come back and and win a series on on game three, right? You had McClanahan going yesterday, which I'm realizing when I I had a couple of comments about it and went back and re-listened for myself. Uh, I, I said Shane McClanahan's name like seven different ways. I called him like McCallahan at some point. I was all over the board. Shane McClanahan. Um, so you you had him going in game two. You know, you had just won four straight. If there was ever a game to, to lose, it was going to be game two. And I was very okay with losing game two if you win game three. That was a trade-off that I was very willing to make. And they, you know, they set themselves up nicely. They they had Erod going on uh, on the series finale day. It was all it was all fine. And then the series finale actually happened on Wednesday. And now it's not fine. Because now it's no longer just oh one game off and then you got back on the uh uh, on the horse and you got your series win in Tampa and it, it's okay. It's no longer a one-off thing. This was two thirds of a series that, that you did this in and that d- makes it not okay anymore. And you really were unbelievably uncompetitive for the it, pretty much the entirety of the second and third game of a series. You were really competitive in game one. You ended up winning game one due to some heroics late. It was an awesome moment. Very cool. Unbelievably, just straight up, not even competitive in games two and three. And that's unacceptable. You can't roll over and and lose a series and be that uncompetitive. Not okay. Six to one loss the day after you had just won or lost rather eight to one. You took game one and then proceeded to roll over and in the aggregate, right? Shout out soccer in the aggregate, you lose 14 to two. Can't happen. And there's a lot of reasons that 14 to two is a problem. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I know nobody's happy. I'm not happy, but here we are. This is the situation that we're in. 14 to 2. 
no offense. The offense went right back to how it's been. Honestly, I'm not sure it actually ever left. And and I did say that uh, on when recapping the um, the the Orioles series. Uh, I I still believe that it's dumb to be like, oh well, you played the Orioles, you shouldn't, you know, whatever. Yeah, like that's a whole different conversation and still stupid. But um, the offense wasn't even that great against Baltimore. Like it, it, it wasn't even that like, you know what I mean? Like it's not, we, we popped off for like eight runs against the Orioles. We won four to two, three to nothing and five to one. You know what I mean? Like, and then the Rays game, you, you know, the one win you had was three to two. So the offense, obviously not okay to only score two runs in the final two games of a series that you're trying to, to trying to take home. And then on the pitching side, Giving up 14 in two games is clearly not great either. I will say that I give the pitching in those two games a little bit longer of a leash. We'll talk about that. Let, let's just start with the offense because I think that that's the quickest segment yet again. Um, one run across nine. Got five hits and walked once. Jonathan Scope walked in shoot I want to say it was the eighth inning it was somewhere in the last three innings of the game seventh eighth or ninth inning he he drew a walk that is the only walk your Detroit Tigers drew in the entire Tampa Bay Rays series that's also unacceptable everybody is very well aware at this point of my opinion of drawing walks and how much I fancy them um not okay I don't care if you if you're all all old school all batting average walks are stupid and dumb and I hate that people are trying to get them grow up and hit the ball. Hey, hell yeah, brother. Uh, here's the thing. I, I don't care if that's your mindset or or if you're like me and you and you would want everyone to walk. Uh, I'm not quite there, but you get the point. Regardless, not okay to walk once in a series. Not okay. Just it. it, it for so many reasons, like, Hey, you're not getting on base. That that's first and foremost, a, a problem, right? You got five hits today. You had what six or seven the day before and around that the day before that, just not getting on base enough to be able to produce a lot of runs. That that's the, the biggest problem, I guess, but it's also a huge issue when you are, that, that means that they're throwing strikes. Right? It, it it either means they're throwing strikes and you're missing them all and, and you're not able to drive any of them or they're not throwing strikes, which is a bigger problem because that means you're just going up there and just closing your eyes and hacking, neither of which are okay. So really frustrating. The offense is, is like I said, I... I'm not sure it really quote unquote went back to how it was. I'm not sure it ever actually left. We just played a, a, a team that the pitching was able to, to kind of dominate. Actually. I mean, definitely dominate really the, the pitching was lights out against Baltimore as they should have been. And the offense was just barely good enough to keep our heads above water and, and take three games from them. It's just ridiculous. I mean, the lineup, 
I, I don't like just continuing to play the, hey, let's take a look at the OPS top to bottom game that we've become so accustomed to, but it's brutal. Robbie Grossman, 570. Willie Castro, 751. I'm pretty sure that leads the team. It does. Javi Baez, 553. He was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts in this game. He has a 244 on base percentage that is paired with a 310 slugging percentage. That is brutal. Absolutely brutal. And the crazy thing is, you can't really move him down in the lineup because he's still one of your best hitters, even with those numbers. Jamer Candelario, 589, which that one is actually at least trending upwards while everyone else's trending continues to trend down as they have all year. At least Javi Baez, or Javi Baez, at least Jamer Candelario is trending up. Yet another hit in this one at the home run yesterday. The OPS of 589 is going in the right direction, at least from where it was a week ago, two weeks ago, a month ago. Jonathan Scope draws a walk, strikes out twice, doesn't have a hit. 462 on base percentage. Harold Castro, 724 OVP, one of the three best on the team. Spencer Torkelson, almost at 600. He is the bright spot of this game. Spencer Torkelson, we're talking about the offense. Torque looked Uh, incredible every single at bat he looked way more on top of the ball he looked way the thing with him at this point is barrel control he's walking a ton which I love as we all know he's also striking out a lot because he's taking a lot of borderline pitches I think that'll a he'll get a little more lenient when he's not a rookie just from human umpires but b and more importantly I think he's just adjusting to the major league strike zone because whether you like it or not, it does change at every level. So, Spencer Torkelson, two for three with a home run. Fantastic. And if it wasn't for a double play right before that, it could have been a two or a three-run homer, and this game could have looked a lot differently. But alas, here we are. It was the only run of the night, of the day. Sorry. So, I really liked what I saw to Torque, though. The problem with him a lot is barrel control. Um, And... You know, when he does make contact, it's been ground balls to third. And he needs he's needs to launch it. He, he needs to get under the ball a little bit more. He needs to put the barrel on the ball. And he certainly did that in this game. Had a double in this one, too. Uh, it's the first time in his career he's had two extra base hits. It's the first double he's hit since, like, April 12th or something ridiculous. And the first extra base hit period he's hit since, like, April 22nd or 23rd. Just really, really nice to see. And I understand you have to keep him batting down there, and I understand moving him up doesn't look good optically. Like, people are going to freak out and go, oh, he's batting, you know, he's still only batting 173 or whatever. Look, a 600 OPS is one of the best on this team right now. (laughs) Believe it or not. That's how horrible the offense is. His 600 OPS is one of the higher marks on the team. Um, And on top of that, he works counts. Spencer Torkelson does not get very many short counts. And that is why I have not really wanted to see him sent down. Triple A does not fix what is happening with him at the plate. Just move like people. I've talked about this a lot over the last week. Everybody's just so quick to move everybody at the sign of struggle. That's not how baseball works. And 
I I don't think sending him to AAA fixes the fact that what he is working on is getting his timing right at the major league level. Sending him to AAA does not help that. It doesn't doesn't fix that problem. So I, I'm hoping that this is a sign of things to come. I'm hoping that this is a torn, corner being turned, and he is certainly the lone bright spot, maybe in this entire game period, but certainly at the offensive side of the ball. Um, Tucker Barnhart had another hit in this one. He had another really good at bat as well on top of that. Um, I've been really impressed with what we've gotten offensively out of him. The slugging percentage is down. The slugging percentage on the whole team is down. The slugging percentage in all of Major League Baseball outside of Aaron Judge is down. Like, it's – and Mike Trout. <laughs> it's uh, – th- like, that's whatever. I'm, I'm bar- high batting average, good on base percentage paired with it, or good enough on base percentage, I should say, paired with it. I've been really liking what I see at the plate. I think he, he can be effective kind of down the lineup guy. And then Derek Hill now has a 466 OPS at the Major League level after going over and striking out in every at-bat he had. Also had a miss play in center field. Not a very good uh, series for Derek Hill. Not a very good last week or so for Derek Hill. And I think that that's why they called Daz Cameron up because I don't think they want to pigeonhole themselves into having to play Derek Hill every single day until another center fielder is ready again. That's the reality of the situation. He has that's a whole different thing. We can go on a whole Derek Hill thing on a different day. Uh, okay. That's it for the offense. We're done. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Let's go talk about how ridiculous this team's luck has been and, and go talk about how the pitching struggled. Uh, but first I get to talk to you about something good. And that is built bar. The birthday cake puffs are phenomenal. I've been telling you guys about them for, for the last couple of days. Uh, I, I think I literally have one birthday cake puff left in the box. They gave me, they gave all the hosts a box. I'm pretty sure I have one left one singular one left. I have smashed through them. I am inhaling them at 2004 Barry bonds levels. It's really, really, uh, a, a, a sight to behold. It's a scene. Um, and I don't feel bad about how much I'm, I'm eating them and how much I love them. Because they're actually good for me. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein. Uh, They're only 9 grams of sugar. They're phenomenal. Covered in 100% real chocolate. They are just amazing all around. They're a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Can't get much better than that. Go to Built.com. Get those birthday cake puffs. It's a limited time flavor. You can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, back at it. Segment two here at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast recaps of your MLB games with analysis from all of our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, just like us. Okay, my nose is so itchy out of nowhere. All right, let's talk about the pitching. Uh Let's talk about the starting pitching. This will be a quick segment, right? The first segment ran a little long. We'll have a nice quick second segment and then have a normal length third one. And we'll get out of here at the same time we always do. Erod got one out, pitched 23 pitches, and uh, that was the outing. It was also not a good outing. Um, Four hits, three runs, two walks, no strike. I mean, it was 
brutal and got pulled with one out in one out into the game is is uh is when he got pulled came out that uh he was hurt and i mean the trainer walked out with aj hinch to the mound to pull him so like kind of new um they did aj hinch did say after the game that uh that Erod's motion to the dugout, whatever, for the trainer to come out that he was getting pulled regardless. And like he was already walking out of the dugout and it wasn't really like an E. It looked like Erod's call, you know, visually, but it really wasn't. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Actually, we're going to save all of that for the end. We're going to just break down this game, get it out of the way. And then we're going to talk about all the mayhem that is now happening within this roster um, that's pretty much out of everyone's control. And it sucks. And I'm sure it sucks for the team. AJ Hinch was not happy in in during his post game press conference. Maybe the most upset I've ever seen him. Um, and I can't blame him because this team is just getting hosed left and right, and it's unbelievably frustrating. So, Erod was your starter. That's there you go. Starting pitching breakdown. Boom. I guess we can just clump Ronnie Garcia into that. Uh, I'm gonna say it. Ronnie Garcia has impressed the hell out of me. And look, those who have been following me for a minute are very aware that, I mean, there was a point, Ronnie Garcia was a was a running kind of bit within my following last season. Or maybe it was 2020, because he was hurt all of 2021. In 2020, for all of you longtime followers of mine, um, there would be, uh, there was a bit b- between the, the community where, uh, I would I used to do post game videos like Castellani and stuff uh, in in 2020 during the COVID year, and I there was a rule where everyone would like at me and and everything that when Ronnie Garcia entered the game, I would just do my post game video right then. I wouldn't even wait till the end of the game. And it wasn't really like a super big slight on him. It wasn't like oh Ronnie's in the game. We're like he's going to give up nine. It wasn't anything like that. It was just that he, he struggled a lot in 2020 and he was a rule five pick and he was super young for a rule five pick two on top of that. Um, but it, it was just that he only, because he was probably the worst pitcher in, in the pen that season, uh, he would only come into the games when we were either winning by 10 or losing by 10 and losing by 10 happened a lot more often. And with that offense, especially, well, I mean, we know what this offense is doing. Two years ago, it was, it was even uglier. Um, so he has turned from like a a mark within this community to signify like the game is over. To uh, since he has gotten recalled, he has been nasty. Like, let's just be honest with ourselves. Let's all look each other in the eye and be completely honest with ourselves. You and I both know it. Ronnie Garcia has low key been nice with it. Really nice with it. CSW percentage of 26%, little low, but you know, pretty fine. Uh, especially just coming in off rip in the first inning of a game and having to do damage control like that. Really impressed. Uh, only gave up one hit. It was a home run, but he only gave up one hit. Only had one walk, had six strikeouts in two and two thirds. Six. And when it comes to, Average exit velocity and how people were hitting him. He had 
the one that went off the bat at 104, and then he had another one that went off the bat at like 101. And outside of that, it, it was pretty weak contact. 88 and a half miles an hour was the average exit velocity on the entire outing. Six whiffs on 54 pitches. Not an incredible number, but the curveball, which was thrown 20 times, saw six swings, three of them whiffs. A 50% whiff percentage on that pitch is beautiful. Uh, the sinker had a whiff, and the four-seam had two of them. I was really impressed. The stuff has good movement. The four-seam fastball spin is very lively all of a sudden. I mean, it's up to, like, I, I mean, this game, it topped out spin rate rise, like, almost at 2,500, which is is a pretty solid mark. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, Jackson, Job like, unicorn numbers, but it's good. Uh, yeah, just, I, I was... I ever since he he has come back up at the beginning of the year, I thought this was the same old Ronnie Garcia. I really did, but sure enough, I'll be darned. He has he has looked at me and laughed, and I couldn't be happier about it. As I always say, I would t- eleven times out of ten, ever and, and like I, I don't. Maybe everyone else doesn't think this way, and that's why people on the internet are weird. But like, I, I would significantly rather be wrong about a player or wrong about a situation, have it benefit the Detroit Tigers, than be right and have it hurt the Tigers. So I am thrilled. Continue proving me wrong, Ronnie. ERA on the year is a 2.57. The piggyback start off an, off an injury, uh, held his own, looked great against a, a, a damn good baseball team. Shout out Ronnie Garcia, baby. Shout out Ronnie Garcia, because... He, he really has impressed the heck out of me in several outings since being called up. So he deserves some flowers there. Okay, let's get to the bullpen, and then we'll get to the absolute bleep show that is the Detroit Tigers roster at this moment. But first, got to tell you all about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest news, odds, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody. We are back. We are absolutely back for our third and final segment here on Locked on Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Um, Okay, let's get to the bullpen really quickly, and then we will get to um, the roster situation because it's really, really brutal at the moment. Uh, But really quickly, Jacob Barnes pitched in this one through five pitches. I mean, it was efficient. It was good as ERA is back below two. Love it. As we all know, I'm a pretty big Jacob Barnes fan. I think he's been really solid this year. Will Vest pitched in this one. Now, here's the thing with Will Vest. He gave up um, just the one hit and struck out two. His stuff is so nasty. Now, at the beginning of this outing, his command was not there. It was all over the place. Uh, He could not locate the slider was like the big one. He was having a really difficult time locating his slider for about the two first two batters. And then after that, I I feel like there was a mound visit. Was there? I think there was a mound visit. Regardless, took a breath, 
stepped off the mound for a sec, went back on, and then just turned in to prime Greg Maddox and, and was hitting all of his spots for the remainder of the outing. Uh, it was really, like, weird and caught me off guard. And I was like, how did this dude go from not being able to come within, like, a foot of the glove whenever the slider was thrown to the first two hitters to being able to pinpoint it wherever he wanted? I, I was blown away. So great recovery. Uh, if he's able to dig deep like that and just be more consistent, he'll be a, a fixture in this bullpen. Uh, ERA on the year is now at 2-1-2. Alex Lang, beautiful inning. One inning pitch, 1K, perfect inning besides that. Um, ERA is now sub-2, and the whip is now sub-1. A sub-1 whip for Alex Lang is unbelievable. We've talked about it all year. His biggest thing he's going to have to overcome is just consistently hitting the glove. It's just his command, especially on his his breaking ball. Um, So the fact that he has walked... a few enough batters to at this point in the season over a month into the season have a sub one whip. Beautiful. Love Alex Lang. I'm the leader of the fan club. As we all know, I'm a huge fan. Could not be happier for the kid. Um, Willie Peralta finished this game. He gave up some really hard contact in his one hit. He gave up as well, but besides that was fine. Not worried about Willie, whatever a pitch got away from him. Isak Paredes was just on his revenge tour who like, whatever, man, that's you know, honestly, let's talk about that for like five seconds. Um, I, how, like, I, what am I going to do? Be mad? Like, I was happy for him. I was genuinely happy for him. You know how cool of a feeling that's got to be? The team that traded you to go, to have two home runs off them. That's got to be an awesome feeling. We weren't winning this game anyway. The offense can't hit. You take Esau's two homers away, away, we still lose. Whatever. That's got to be a cool moment for him. I'm, I'm, Pro human beings being happy. Just shout out Isak Paredes. You know, all I could do was laugh. I but I smiled and was like, okay, like whatever. I kind of laughed at the first one. I genuinely laughed out loud at the second one. I was like, what are you gonna do, man? Like, what are you gonna do? Whatever. I'm happy for the kid. I really am. Uh, Michael Fulmer gave up three hits and a run. That is now like three or four consecutive outings for Michael Fulmer that he has um, not looked very sharp in. And that's a cause for concern. We have seen, we already have so many injury problems. We have seen the injury bug bite Michael Fulmer and really ruin the consistency that he's been able to have over his entire career. Um, And uh, this is, I'm not saying he is hurt. That is not what I'm doing. So let's be very clear about that. Um, But it definitely creeps into your back, your brain, right? And you're like, okay, like we've, Kind of, we've seen this movie before, like four separate times. Um, so I'm hoping that he's okay. And if he turn, you know, it's baseball. He, he could not give up a run for the next week and and look fantastic and look as good as he did to start the season. Uh, but the last four or five outings now in a row, he has struggled. And yet again, is another example why you don't rush changes with relievers because they can their status can change on a dime so quickly. And that's why Gregory Soto is still the closer of this team. Okay. Boom, just knocked out the entire bullpen. Let's get to the roster. Erod's going to the IL. I am about 98% sure that it's going to happen. I'm recording this after the game on Wednesday. Uh, so by the time you're listening to this, you could already know. It could be, you, you could know that he's already on the IL and know the following roster moves and all that. So I am going to talk about the possibilities for the roster and all the things that we have to accommodate for now and all the different possibilities. 
but it is unfortunately a very real possibility by the time you're hearing this that you already know uh, what the the reality of the roster is and the moves that they have made. So I apologize for that. But unfortunately, I'm not a time traveler. I am working on it. Okay, so whew, take a breath. No, don't have time for a breath. So Erod, I think, is going to the IL. If he doesn't, then that's just that. He, he He's going to at least miss a start. He's going to go to the IL, okay? I'm, like, I would be shocked if he didn't. Um, before the game, apparently he had some pain in his left side, and A.J. Hinch said that it was brought up to them, and he said that he was going to try to go through it. Erod went out there and was topping out at like 88 miles an hour. For those who don't know, A-Rod usually sits 92-93. I think his average fastball velocity on the year is a couple ticks above 92, and he has the ability to even reach 94-95 if he really rears back there and needs it, but he sits around 92-93. So the fact that the first pitch of the game was an 88-mile-an-hour four-seam fastball, immediately I, w- I said out loud in my living room, what is happening? Uh, and then the following proceeded. I know everybody continues to make Jordan Zimmerman comparisons for some reason beyond to me because he has made like six starts and three of four of them have been quality starts. Grow up. Uh, so the injury also like somewhat celebrating people's injuries is also lame as hell. Stop. So he gets hurt. Um, Really frustrating. I'm a big fan of Ed, um, and I, I hope that it's not a lingering thing. I hope he can come back and be fine. But the fact of the matter is the team has to somehow now rearrange their roster and, and get this rotation under control. You On opening day, you had six starting pitchers. You had five at the major league level, and Michael Pineda, you were stretching out in the minors because he had a visa issue. So on opening day, you had six starting pitchers. You had Tarek Skubal, Casey Mize, Matt Manning, Erod, Michael Pineda, and Tyler Alexander. It is May 18th, and you have one of them that is healthy. That is fill in the blank, whatever you want it to be. Go ahead, say it out loud. Whatever you want that adjective to be, you are correct if it's negative. Just, what what are you going to do? Yes, they had a shortened spring. Not every team in baseball has five of their six starting opening day starting pitchers hurt. It's a problem. It It's a massive problem. And you know, the really messed up part is, I know the Rays series, uh, this series that just ended, like the last two games, as we talked about, giving up 14 runs. So pitching, certainly not a strong suit there. But on the year... The pitching hasn't even really been the problem. The offense is the problem. And combining five of six starting pitchers hurt with offense that is averaging like two runs a game does not bode well. It really doesn't. The outlook of the season is certainly not great with those two things trying to mesh. It's not good. We're going to be honest here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not good. Um, so here's, okay, let's 
try to talk about what could possibly happen from here on out. Erod goes to the IL. Right now, your rotation as it stands is Tarek Skubal, Bo Brisky, Alex Fiedo. That's it. Obviously, it can't th- run three. In theory, you, you can't run four, no. But in theory, if you think Manning is close, you could run those three, call up Wentz again, have him make a spot start, and then the next time through the rotation, Manning will be back. And then you could try to to have Manning and then Willie Peralta, I guess, go back to a starting role. But he's worked it up so so that he's now used to those short appearances, the you know one or two, three at most innings, and, and his velocity is up. You're now going to ask him to completely change how he's been pitching and go back to topping out at like 92 so that he can last longer into a ball game. It's just it's really not ideal. You don't have a lot of options. Um, and then like Matt Manning's. Second rehab start, of course, gets rained out in Toledo. He's only had one. Most teams, you know, he needs to get stretched back out. He needs to get the the velocity back up. I don't think they really want, at least, to just call him up with only having one rehab start last week. But I'm not sure what else you do. The Tigers have their first day off in what feels like months Today, as you were listening to this on Thursday, which is very helpful uh, for, for the outlooks of, of the rotation and all, but it's it's still not great. So you have Wentz in the wing. That gives you four. If you can get Wentz and then Manning makes one more start and then gets called up right after that start, assuming everything goes well, he can then five days from then, maybe on the back end of our rotation, sneak back into the in, into the rotation, and you can lob out a, a whopping rotation of Tarek Skubal, Matt Manning, Alex Fiedo, Joey Wentz, and Bo Brisky. I guess that's what you do. I'm not really sure what else to do is the problem. Uh, I, I don't know how many off days they have over the next couple of weeks, but Michael Pineda is out at least a month. Um, he, you know, literally broke a, a finger in, in his throwing hand. So he's, he's sidelined for at least a month. Um, Manning, you're hoping is back. Mize made a rehab start, got rocked in it. And now has been sent back to Lakeland. So he's nowhere close, to be honest with you. That's still weeks. I mean, if not even pushing a month away. Um, Tyler Alexander, I have not heard anything. I don't even know what that dude's doing currently. Uh, Like I said, Manning, you're hoping is a start away. But even now, it it feels pressured. Like you kind of have to call him up because what else are you going to do? I'm not sure that's really the ideal situation for a young prized prospect's arm to be in. Like, oh, we kind of have to call you up and force you into a situation you might not be ready for. And Wentz, I, I, I love the dude, and I was I love the trade to, to get him a few years back. 
I've always been high on him. I, I think that he could play at the major league level. I, I still have faith that he could turn into that. But his first start, the stuff just wasn't there. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, we talked about the different uh, variants of of effectiveness when it comes to pitches, and uh, his is in the first game was either missed nothing and just got barreled up or was missing barrels and still was getting pretty hard contact. So I'm not really sure how sustainable Joey Wentz is in his current state at the major league level. But again, not really sure how many options you have. Garrett Hill got called up um, to triple a, I don't think you really would want to just send a dude from double A to the majors, but he's been really good this year. Really good strikeout numbers, really good spin rate on his fastball. Gets a lot of swings and misses on it, especially up in the zone. Uh, Not super fast pitch, um, but it is effective at the minor league level, at least kind of worrisome. Like, I I don't know how much a 92 to 94 mile an hour fastball high in the zone is going to play to swing and miss stuff at the major league level, but it's certainly been working at the minors. He has unbelievable K numbers and and whiff numbers so far. I don't know, man. Beats me. So we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, I I just spent five minutes talking about it. By the time you're listening to this show, you, you probably already know the answer. Um, and will you know Willie Peralta is is always an option too. But like I said, I'm I'm not. He spent so much time work, you know, getting the velocity up because he was pitching less innings. That now you are asking him to completely change how he is pitching and and ask him to drop the velocity again, which might be a different mechanic for him. It, that's that's a lot more difficult than than it sounds. Like significantly more difficult than it sounds to just like go from being a reliever all year to just being a starter again, just because you've done it before. It's not quite how that works. So we will see. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. This was a very long episode. I'm really sorry, but there was a ton to talk about. We have an off day tomorrow, so I want to, and I have the Cody Clemens episode tomorrow. Um, so, well, the off day is today as you're listening to this tomorrow in my version of reality. Um, so we will drop the Cody Clemens episode on Friday. That'll end our week. It'll be super cool. And so we had to talk about all the roster stuff on, on today's show. Usually I just save that for the off day, but we had to do it because of Cody Clemens. So enjoy the Clemens interview tomorrow. It's awesome. He is a super cool dude. Uh, great interview. And, oh, I want to end on this. Our next 15 games are all against AL Central teams. We literally go Cleveland to Minnesota, Cleveland, Minnesota again. And one of those is a five-game series for who knows what reasons. The MLB scheduler hates us. 15 straight games against interdivision opponents, and one of them's a five-game series. Ludicrous, uh, but that's the reality we find ourselves in. Team cannot catch a break. So not to be super pessimistic all of a sudden, but I'm going to be pretty honest with you. I think the next 15 games probably determine the season. I think they probably do. You have a chance to claw back into it, get right back at the end of 15 
if you go, you know, 10 and five, you know, I'm not even asking for 15 and 0, you go 10 and five, even nine and six, you keep go over 500 over this next 15 and, and are able to, to keep your head above water there and, and are able to, to establish, uh, reestablish yourself within the AL central, get that record closer overall back to 500. You could be looking at a really fun summer and we could get our way, our, ourselves back into this. If you fumble and go three and 12 over the next 15, it's really hard to not just say that that's wraps. It really is. Cause now you're talking about the next 15 days that we're going to be into June. It's going to be really difficult to, to, to justify to this fan base that this season is not already punted. If you really fumble over the next 15. So there you go. Optimistic or not, that that's subjective. But all we got in this world is hope, baby. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will catch y'all. I will catch y'all on Monday because the Cody thing's pre-recorded. But Cody Clemens tomorrow. I'll catch y'all then. Go Tigers, baby.